Warning, the content in this episode may get a little graphic. If you don't want to hear about this that have happened to Disneyland, stop after we talk about the conspiracy theories. Welcome back to Disney Dive Episode 4. As always, I am your host, Isaiah Steinberg, along with my co-host. I'm Kean Neifelt. And before we get into our regular content, uh, we have some breaking news. So, first of all, I don't know if you, any of you have seen the new Turning Red Pixar movie, but we have some news about that. So, first of all, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, spoiler alert-ish, the movie is about um, a little girl who is going through a new time in her life and finds out that she turns into a panda when she gets really excited, like a red panda, mm-hmm. which is obviously, well, maybe not obviously to everyone, but is a metaphor for her going through puberty and getting her first period. Mm-hmm. And obviously when it comes to that, it's not exactly, not it's not that it's not for everyone, but not everyone can fully relate to that. Like me and Kian don't relate to it as much. Cause obviously we don't get periods. We're both yeah. boys or men. You know, Love totally men. If we did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you definitely will relate to it more. If you have already gone through that or are just starting to go through it. Yes. But one guy, Sean O'Connell, is that his name? Did I say it right? Sean yes. O'Connell. Perfect. He, <laughs> is a um a writer for um one of those like new online news networks mm-hmm. and he basically said that this was a very it's a he literally he said it was a limiting movie and he said it was not inclusive at all like he basically said the only movie that this will be good to are 13 year old girls who are having puberty issues in Canada that's literally what he said. <laughs> My mom loved this movie, and she is obviously not a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> she is not going through puberty issues right now, mm-hmm. and she's also not in Canada and never has lived in Canada. <laughs> so obviously that's not true. And when he did this, the director, the cast, his own company, everyone went after him. Like, why, why would you say this? It's not yeah. true. Like, it's just yeah. not like he's basically just thinking that he wants all movies to be branded to men, basically. Yeah. And that we finally have or not finally, but like rarely do we ever get an actual movie that's targeted to only not only women, but to mostly the women. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. So when it does happen, it's nice. And I'm sure women appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So, of yeah, course this white man. Of course, his name is Sean O'Connell. God. Yeah, typical white dude named <laughs> Sean. Um, I don't, rem- I don't know if he was actually fired. He should have been fired. Yeah, but I don't know if he actually was. I know that he himself put out a, tw- a tweet apologizing, mm-hmm. and so did the company away from him. Just like, hey, we don't associate with this man anymore. But hey, my our bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe it was Cinema Blend. I think that's the name. Is who did it? Uh, I'm not sure, but. I'm pretty sure that's who it is. Anyway, so that's that's that story. <laughs> yeah. 
And in other news, Carl has the next topic. Yes. So if you haven't seen the video, there has been a video going around everywhere of this Disney World parade. And it shows this like high school cheer team that is doing a very racist and sensitive cheer choreo. So I don't remember like what like moves they were doing, but they were chanting scalp them. Which... Yeah, it was something like, go, scalp them, go. Something yeah, like that. Awful. Like, very offensive. <laughs> yeah. And they were supposed to wear these Native American headdresses. And I, they were all white. <laughs> well, also, the name of the cheer team were the Indianettes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> not exactly okay anymore. So Disney came out and they said, hmm. <laughs> yeah like nope. we don't we we did not know that they were going to do this like yeah they, in, in their audition tape we saw nowhere that they were going to do any of this yeah but then that cheer team came out and they said that that was in their audition tape and disney approved it so we haven't heard anything else yet i know big shocker but <laughs> they who knows who's right Honestly. Yeah, they didn't they didn't release they didn't release the audition tapes. So mm-hmm. who knows if that's actually a true statement from well, we don't know who's right. There's no yeah. <laughs> don't know who's right. Yeah. So that's all I got for that. We'll probably say something when something else comes out. Yeah. But on a totally different track, we're now going to be talking about some dark times. This is like the main topic, by the way. These dark times in movies dealing with gruesome deaths and just weird moments in them. Isaiah, take it away. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is in Beauty and the Beast. At the mm-hmm. end, if any of you remember, uh, Gaston is chasing the Beast because he's angry because he feels that uh, he, the Beast took Belle from him, even though Bill, Bill, Belle <laughs> said no many times. Yes. And he's trying to kill the beast. And I believe the beast like jumps off of the archway bridge thing they're on and to mm-hmm. save bell and not bill bell. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing collapses and Gaston falls to his death, like a hundred feet. Yeah. Now, even though it's a cartoon, we all know that when you fall a hundred feet, you don't just magically get back up. <laughs> that man splattered. He is dead. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> and speaking of phone of their death, the next one is Lion King. Oof. When Mufasa's hanging on the cliff and his own brother Scar releases his grip and he falls down, hits the ground, doesn't die yet, but to make matters mm-hmm. worse, he falls into an, a stampede of wildebeests and Oof. gets trampled to death. And by the way, with his own son watching. Oh, God. The amount of trauma that would come from seeing your own father being trampled by these animals. Could you imagine? God. Yeah. And then also there's a theory. I don't know if it's true or not, but there's a mm-hmm. theory that the hyenas later on, when they're talking to Scar, they're like chewing on a bone. There's a theory that that's actually Mufasa's bones. Like the hyenas went back to that site, grabbed mm-hmm. his body, and then ate him. Yeah. My God. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, that is awful yeah um the last one i'll talk about is one of my favorites uh it's mulan mm-hmm. when they are being attacked by the hun and she takes that like mortar 
and mm-hmm. she uh, shoots it at the cliff and it causes a whole avalanche to cover almost the entire army. Yeah. Now there were like hundreds in that Hun army. And later on when they're attacking the capital, whatever it was like the, whatever like capital it was in China, I forget where right. exactly it was, mm-hmm. but there's only a handful of them left. Yeah. <laughs> Which means most of them died. Now really think about this. An avalanche came down, packed snow on top of them, which means you can't move. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, I haven't experienced it, but I've seen stuff about it. But like when, when that much, like 10 feet of snow is packed on top of you, you can't move a muscle mm-hmm. and also you can't breathe. Yeah. So all those men suffocated under snow. Ugh. That is awful. Yeah. That Plus that scene is really pretty. The way that it was animated yeah, it's was really like pretty. Anima- it's hand animated snow. It's so beautiful. Can but behind that beauty, <laughs> yeah, that behind that beauty is just so much death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. now on to me, I guess. Um, I'm going to be talking about the syndrome death, which spoiler alert, he dies. I'm sure you have you've seen Incredibles but I think this stuff is really cool so for background info there's a scene in the movie where Mr. Incredible is wanting to get his cape fixed from Edna and he's wanting a cape on his suit and she says no capes and then she goes into this whole like scene of events of all kinds of superheroes that died because of their capes and that is just exactly how syndrome died so he broke into the incredibles house and he stole jack jack so then he flew up just to like scare the family or whatever and he landed on this plane and dropped the baby obviously they were very worried so then mr incredible threw a car up to the plane like to the front of the plane which then knocks syndrome back and he then gets sucked into the jet engine. <laughs> that probably wouldn't feel too good. No, luckily they don't show <laughs> that. But yeah, I think it's a cool death. I sound like I would like to imagine that it was quick, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the last like shot is the plane blowing up. So. So if, you know, the jet engine didn't kill him, the explosion (laughs) in the fall for sure did. Yeah. Uh, Then there's Tarzan. So Clayton, is that his name? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So he's the main villain. And they're, like, fighting in this tree or something. And he, I guess, falls down. But then some of the tree vines hook onto his neck. They wrap around it. Yeah. Sorry. They wrap around his neck. And then they he gets hung and you don't see that happen also but then there's like this lightning strike and you see his dead body swing yeah you see his shadow on the tree in the background of just his dead body hanging by a vine just Mm -hmm. kind of slowly moving and it's such a gross but kind of cool shot (laughs) yeah and i don't like that movie but that is my favorite scene of the movie it's my i love that movie a lot carl knows (laughs) (laughs) he's told me numerous times (laughs) soundtrack in the movie anyways my last one is ursula which i also haven't seen this movie in a long time but i specifically remember to death 
So basically Ursula's like this huge lady and she's in the ocean and she's like trying to throw her what's the weapon? What's it called? Trident. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> trident. To the ship that Prince Eric is steering, but he kind of like comes out of nowhere, I guess, and the like pole, like the highest pole breaks on the ship and it impales Ursula right in the stomach and she's like screeching in pain and as she's falling down eventually I guess drowning in the ocean she like gets electrocuted and you can see like her skeleton and it's very eerie and creepy and I just also like that uh, that was for that, some reason <laughs> That was for some reason a really popular thing back in cartoons. When someone was electrocuted, you would mm-hmm. show their bones like you were looking through an x-ray machine. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know why that was a thing, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, but it definitely worked because it always looked really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dark things in movies, our next topic is going to be dark conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, so the, the first one is probably my personal favorite which Mm -hmm. is a peter pan theory Mm -hmm. uh which is one where basically they they're saying that peter pan is actually the true villain of Mm -hmm. the whole story and that captain hook is kind of the misunderstood hero and i'm Mm. getting all this from ranker.com where they're basically they're saying that um in the original novel of peter pan it was known that he was basically kidnapping children rather than just like like, hey, you want to come with me? He's basically kidnapping children, saying that the he's promising land this, you know, um, this. What are they call? Uh, what's the island called? Um, let me look. <laughs> oh, Neverland! Right, sorry, yeah, right, God. <laughs> uh, promising them Neverland that it's this magical, amazing place, and he gets there, and they talk about how while they're at this island that they seem like they never ever age Mm -hmm. and then it's more just a mysterious island thing where this theory is saying that instead of just being an island thing it's actually peter pan stealing their youth from them Mm -hmm. and keeping himself eternal by stealing their lives and that captain hook is actually trying to save these kids Mm -hmm. by trying to murder peter pan yeah i love that theory it's really cool (laughs) i love stuff like this like it really makes you think, like, once you watch the movie again, you're like, Ooh, wait, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like when you, yeah, it's like, wait a second, this actually works. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's one of my favorites. But the other theory I have is a little less dark, but still kind of creepy, mm-hmm. which is that in the movie Finding Nemo, Nemo never actually existed. He died along Ooh. with the wife and the rest of the eggs. Mm-hmm. And that this whole thing is actually marlin going through the five stages of grief yeah so okay i'm also getting this uh from a website called Mm ladbible.com and it says um that his behavior changes throughout the film so the first stage is denial which uh it says he doesn't want his son going to school because he doesn't think it's safe even though it's a clearly safe school Yes. And everything is going to be fine. He is like just so on it that this safe is going to be the, the school is going to be very unsafe. Yeah. Next is anger, 
which is where uh, Marlin getting super mad at Nemo when he doesn't do something that is like when Nemo does something that's out of his control mm-hmm. and he gets kind of unreasonably angry. Next is uh, bargaining. It's mm-hmm. when he's done with a super forgetful travel buddy to try and find his son. He's just like, why would he stay with, with um, Dory? Why would he stay with her? Like yeah. she was not helpful at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Next is despair, uh, which is when he watches Nemo get flushed down the drain, which I think we all were super sad at that part. He finally yeah. gets to Nemo and he's flushed down the toilet. Oh. That's awful. But then the last one is acceptance, which is when Marlon learns to let go and lets Nemo go off to the school. And then he, Nemo then swims back and hugs his father. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the whole theory, which, you know, the, the ending of it's pretty cute. But when you think of it as a whole where Marlon's creating Nemo in his mind yeah. plus five stages of grief. That's really creepy. Yeah. And it, it really makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> it actually really does. It, this is a really good theory, but mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of amazing theories, there is one about Winnie the Pooh, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's a pretty popular one, mm-hmm. but it's a theory that all the characters in Winnie the Pooh represent different mental illnesses. I think this theory is so cool. It totally makes sense. I love it so much. So (laughs) I'm reading this information off of fandom.com and it just basically gives a quick run through of which character represents which mental disorder or illness. So it says Winnie the Pooh has an eating disorder. He is addicted to honey. He is also impulsive and obsessive when it comes to honey. Piglet has anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder. He's always nervous or scared. He stutters because he could have experienced an incident where it is, where his self-esteem was weakened. Eeyore has depression because he's always sad. Owl has dyslexia and short-term memory loss because he often misspells and misreads words, forgets things about, forgets things after he says them, and has trouble recalling information. Uh, Tigger has ADHD or attention def- deficit. Is that how you say it? Uh, hyperactivity disorder and bipolar disorder because he cannot sit still and rapidly twitches switches moods rapid has ocd or obsessive compulsive disorder because he is extremely orderly kanga has social anxiety disorder because she is extremely overprotective of rue rue has asd or autism spectrum disorder because he lacks awareness of danger and has a strange attachment of sitting in his mother's pouch and lastly, Christopher Robin has schizophrenia because his quote-unquote friends appear depending on his mood. I also think, I know that was a lot, but I think this conspiracy theory also makes a lot of sense. And it's also a really cool one. I love that theory. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, and I haven't been able to watch the movie since after that, which I'm kind of happy and sad about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever watched a full Winnie the Pooh movie at all. I watched the Christopher Robin one that came out in like 2018, 2017. Oh, the the live action one? Mm Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I haven't seen Winnie Pooh in a long time, but I did watch it after I read that, and I was like, ooh, creepy, but I love (laughs) this. So now that we've talked about dark things in animated movies, we're now going to talk about dark things in real life. And this is going to be referring to deaths and injuries that have happened in the disney parks so i will be starting this one off the first 
uh, incident I have is that an 18 year old was stabbed in, I believe it was Tomorrowland. And this was back in like the 1980s. Yeah. Um, and I think the cool thing is that we haven't heard an instance like this happen in forever in Disneyland. So that really shows that they really care about their security and they do a really good job there. Well, yeah, like a few years back is when they, I don't remember what year it was, but they added the metal detectors mm-hmm. and the bag searching stuff, which yeah. at first I, we, I think everyone found kind of annoying how when, a, when you transition to either park, you have to go through it again. Yeah. But I think it's actually, it's kind of important and also kind of nice that they do that now just because mm-hmm. I'd rather have someone not bring in a gun to the park and try and shoot yeah, someone. Yeah, that'd be you nice. Know, I, don't, I don't think that'd be a very fun trip if something like that happened. Yeah. <laughs> And luckily, they do do a really good job with that, and I'm yeah. very grateful for that. And actually, a lot of the workers are really – every once in a while, you get a cranky guy searching through your bag. But most yeah. of them are pretty nice, and they actually like do a nice conversation, and they do a really good job at it. I mean, what other choice do you have of being nice because you work at Disneyland? <laughs> yeah. I would, I would so work at Disneyland, even if, if it was too. like a janitor. Like <laughs> getting to yeah. hear that music all day would just oh, be amazing. Yeah. Um, our second incident has to do with a death, and this was pretty recent, I believe. And nope, never mind. It was <laughs> n- <laughs> it was nineteen sixty six. Getting myself okay. with another name. Um, this nineteen year old from I think Northridge was killed while attempting to sneak into the park by climbing onto the monorail track. And there were like security officers shouting at him, warning him to get off and he just didn't want to. So then he didn't, it's going to get dark. He didn't hear the monorail coming and he was hit by the monorail and he was, his body was dragged 30 to 40 feet down the track and like i just gotta imagine why did you think that that was the best way to sneak into the park like monorails run through there so why would you try and do that i don't understand and such a bad idea condolences go out to all the families of course yeah we're not trying to make fun of these people yeah no i wasn't trying to make fun of them by saying that but it's just like no also i mean at least to me the monorail sound is so authentic to me like i always hear it where it is Mm -hmm. i wonder how he didn't hear it yeah i don't know maybe it was just like from the shouting of security guards i'm not sure but um the last one i have is pretty dark also (laughs) <laughs> there was a parade going on, I don't remember when exactly, but there was a parade going on and Pluto was just walking down, like saying hi to everybody, waving everywhere. And I think he might've just tripped on something and the float operator didn't see him. And sadly in front of all of these little kids and parents just, enjoying the parade he was run over by the parade float and killed on the scene so that is very sad and i mean imagine seeing that as a kid yeah like the trauma after that being in the happiest place on earth and then having the worst trauma of your life happening yeah luckily 
at least from what I've heard, there hasn't been an instance like that. Yeah, they're pretty okay. tight on the security at the parades and fireworks mm-hmm. shows and stuff now. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are the security for those. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have, so... Yeah. Uh, so my first one is uh, on July 8th, 1974. This mm-hmm. 18-year-old, uh, Deborah Gallstone, she was a newer employee that just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on the ride America Sings. I don't know if anyone here remembers that. It's an older ride. It wasn't open for very long, but mm-hmm. it was it was like a carousel in a way. It was like a show, but the middle of the room would turn, and there'd be openings where they'd be showing a show, but where there weren't openings, there were walls that would basically be flat and like flush with the outside wall that it was moving around. Mm-hmm. So obviously you wouldn't want to be caught in between those walls. Yeah. Sadly, Deborah was, she was a newer employee and we don't know if, I don't think it was ever said if it was actually the result of bad training or just her making a mistake, but she was caught in between those two walls and sadly crashed to death. Mm-hmm. And because of that, now in a lot of the rides, they add more warning signs and lights for the cast members to see, hey, maybe don't go in here or else you could, you know, get really badly hurt or even die. Yeah. So that's very sad. And also, mm-hmm. again, if you, if this was your daughter and you know her, I'm very sorry. Yeah. Um, the next one was July 29th, uh, 2005. It was on um, the California screen when it was still California screaming and not in credit coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, 25 guests were injured when the purple train actually rear ended the red train. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this happened, but somehow yeah, I don't know. <laughs> something happened. And of the 48 guests that were aboard of the two trains, only 15 were taken to the hospital for treatment of minor injuries. So it wasn't too bad, luckily. Yeah. But that could have been a lot worse because that roller coaster goes pretty fast. So if they were yeah. stopped somewhere really bad, that would have been a really, really bad injury. Yeah. And luckily I th- no one was hurt too bad. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good to mention that stuff like this happens in other parks, but in Disneyland. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's not just Disney. There, are, We could go into a whole tangent about stuff, um, about everything. Every yeah. single park in the world that has injuries like that. Yeah. But like stuff like this does not really happen in Disneyland, which... Not really anymore. Not as much, at least. Like, there's still, obviously, things that go wrong. Yeah. uh, Mechanically and everything, which you can't always prevent. Um, But definitely, this kind of stuff does not happen as frequently anymore. Yeah, which is very nice. (laughs) Although the next one I have, it was pretty recent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is on December 15th of 2018. There was, uh, during the Christmas parade, there was a float that had Santa on top. And uh, his sled he was sitting on partially collapsed during a performance, causing the sled's front to fall downward, like, super quick. And this mm-hmm. uh, launched the actor playing Santa uh, out and, like, forward uh, in front of the, the whole float, which luckily he wasn't hurt. Yeah. Some, it was because of the safety harnesses they put on there, I'm sure because yeah. of other stuff that's happened before. But because of those safety harnesses, he was dangling from the float. And he was he walked away with no injuries or anything, but mm-hmm. um, the performance resumed later in the day without that float, and they put Santa on a different float during the parade. But yeah. I find that kind of funny. <laughs> that just, would be pretty funny. Collapsed and then <laughs> launched him forward. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I could have seen that. <clears throat> yeah, I think I've actually seen a video of it before. Maybe it was like a different 
explode where this exact thing happened, but yeah, I would love to I, see that video. I think it would have been pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's all the injuries that I have on this segment. Yeah. And there are many more, but we thought, Oh, there's so many more, but some of them seemed a little bit too, too gruesome to really talk mm-hmm. about on this show. And then some others were just kind of too dumb to talk about yeah. on this show. <laughs> so, this is, I mean, this is a PG a podcast, so we don't yeah, want to go. Ones we, the ones we picked with death in them were kind of ones that we wanted to talk about that then created something better. Like the one I talked mm-hmm. about with the girl getting crushed um, actually added more safety things into rides to prevent more things like that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that it? I think that's pretty much... <clears throat> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's pretty much uh, everything that we got. So, um, yeah. If any new more news comes up uh, in between now and the next episode, we will fill you in and if we get any more updates about the uh disney world parade thing with the mm-hmm. indianettes we will try to inform you as much as we can about yes. what's happening with that and i'm yes. sure in the next week or so we'll get more information about the um the gay bill in florida i'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get more stuff about that so hopefully the next episode we'll have more to talk about that yeah until next time have a good day mm-hmm.